Everybody wants to be space ghost, everybody near and far. Hey, Ma, look at me, I'm on TV. Everybody wants to be a star. I'm Space Ghost, Mr. Space Ghost. I've got big muscles and I can dance. When Zorak tries to bug me, I zap him with my power bands. Uh, I don't think that will be necessary. Hello and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my le- lovely and belligerent, <laughs> I almost said cohorts again, <laughs> Libby Cudmore. Libby! Hi, Joe. Nay. Nay. <laughs> I'm just going to lean into it. That's fine. Tonight on the show, we are uh, issuing the movie soundtrack bit of our podcast, and we're just going to talk about TV because you know what? We deserve a break. Yes. And this is another one of our On the Fives episodes where we can go a little crazy. Oh, and how. Things are going to get wild, folks. Tonight on the show, we are discussing both soundtracks to the television show Cartoon Planet, which ran in the mid to late 90s and I'm sure has a very deep cult following uh, among, I'm going to say, most of our audience. Yes, the type of people who listen to this podcast know exactly what we are talking about. We love you. This is going to be an hour of preaching to the choir, and that's fine. Yeah. But it's in- like you're here in the room with us. Join in, won't you? Thank you. It's going to be one of another one of our patented uh, hour-long giggle fits. That's the fun part of this. That's yeah. That's what you hear. You're here for is you get to enjoy fun stuff with us, your best friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Libby, um, back on our last episode, we had a, a very, I guess it, I want to say interesting poll, but I'm not sure. How did Dick Tracy's poll shake out? That sounds dirty. How did the poll for the Dick Tracy soundtrack shake out? Uh, it was, it was all right. Um, a lot of you didn't seem to actually know that the OST to Dick Tracy existed, which was kind of interesting. Cause again, like I really love it. So I'm always surprised that, um, other people don't think it's the greatest album in the world, but Joe, even you admitted it was the first time you'd heard it. Yes. So we only had six votes and uh, with 67% of those six votes, uh, Katie Lang's Ride in the Rails took first place with 33% of you voting for Pep, Vim, and Verve. Rompin' and Stompin' and Ice-T's Dick Tracy took home no votes. That's a damn shame. Yeah. Because, so. because as we learned after we recorded the show, we learned that Ice-T's Dick Tracy has not just the two versions on the OST, but four additional versions on Ice-T's single that he released. So there's six in total. He just could not get enough of that song. No. He really was, I guess he was uh, trying to go for the Elliot Stabler role on, uh, on SVU. He was, he was really uh, putting his uh, audition time in, I guess. Yeah. Oh, boy. I say give it to him. I say give it to him, yeah. And the, the version that I think we used at the beginning of the episode was from the Ice-T single, which was the gangster rap version, which is my favorite version. <laughs> it's the greatest. If any of you ever find a 12-inch of that, that would be amazing. I'd love to see that. Christmas is right around the corner, y'all. Let's make it happen. Mm. So, But yeah, so look for a poll uh, after this episode uh, drops on Thursday. 
Yes. Uh, we'll have a poll on Friday. And uh, also, I guess, final business for Dick Tracy. It was a lot of fun uh, just kind of sharing with people on Twitter all of the weird Dick Tracy, like, ephemera that has been released over the years or was released for the movie even because just there was so much of it. Yeah, there really was. And stuff we didn't even know about, like the Dick Tracy Disney special. Yeah. Where he would like sing and dance and chase bad guys around the happiest place on earth with a machine gun. Yeah. Like the, the meet and greets, you could like meet f- horrifying versions of flat top and big boy at the park. Yeah. Like that's Man, guys, the 90s were so weird as we're about to really even find out more. I don't know how any of our generations survived it, honestly. It was just such a weird, surreal time. I think stuff like that, the fact that our parents took us to see Dick Tracy when we were like five years old, (laughs) probably explains a lot of why we're all anxious all the time. Yeah, we're all just bundles of nervous energy and just... yes. And then, like, you you fast forward to what we're talking about today with Cartoon Planet, and I think the reason that 90s nostalgia never took hold is because we're all still just swimming in it. Like, as soon as the Space Ghost thing kind of came and went, we all were just still obsessed with it, and we're still today obsessed with it. Yes, indeed. And it was just sort of so surreal that if you weren't there at the moment, you you can't replicate it. Like, how do you explain Homestar Runner to somebody? Exactly, yeah. You really had to be there surrounded in that cultural moment. And the kids today can meme all-star all they want, but you had to sort of be present at that time to understand just how fucking ridiculous it was. Yeah, and like that four or five-year window, if you missed it, you it basically does not exist to you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's amazing to me as far as like how much of how much of this cultural stuff just still hangs around. Like for us, you know, you and I have been living with these albums for close to 25 years. But oh God, you're right. I know. I hate I hate saying that, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. But like, the fact that we both have them on CD, like that we're both looking at them. We had these on physical media. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at mine right now and. You know, as we discovered right before the show, these things are fetching high prices on uh, Amazon right now. If you want a copy of this, a new copy of uh, Space Ghost Musical Barbecue, it's going to rent you a hundred bucks. Nice. Or you could just That's... go to YouTube and and watch it all for free. Yeah, but YouTube can take stuff down. There really is something about having that that physical copy. That's right. Yeah. Put it out on vinyl, you cowards. Oh, wouldn't that be the best? <laughs> oh yeah. So let's talk about Space Ghost. All right. So, or rather, Cartoon Planet. <laughs> the f- strange phenomenon of Space Ghost Coast to Coast is what we have to talk about first. This is where all this started. Yes. So 1994, Space Ghost Coast to Coast comes on the air on Cartoon Network. Late at night, like 11 o'clock, I believe. And for a time, it's sort of the only thing on After Hours on Cartoon Network. And it was just... This strange little 15-minute animated um, talk show hosted by this old Hanna-Barbera character from the 60s that's been repurposed and reconfigured into a hacky uh, late-night television uh, talk show host. And the interviews are all apparently real. They interview real celebrities for these things and then just sort of re-edit the footage and then basically ask ask questions and do skits around whatever it was they recorded with the celebrity yeah and originally they would ask a series of regular questions 
to the celebrity. And then Space Ghost would get a whole different set of questions so that it became nonsensical. Right. So, um, and with this, uh, we had Moltar, who ran the uh, production booth, and Zorak was the band leader. So the idea being that Space Ghost had captured them and was forcing them to work for him as punishment. Yes. And as the show grew in popularity, they decided to spin this off into a second show called Cartoon Planet. And on Cartoon Planet, I, I think the original intent was that it was going to be like a a wraparound segment for a series of like Hanna-Barbera shorts. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, and just sort of any cartoons that they had in their archives. Because this was the very early days of Cartoon Planet. So what you have to understand is that this was their first original programming. Anything you see on Cartoon Network now is because of Space Ghost. Pretty much, yeah. So it created the sort of adult animation boom. It, yeah, it, it was the it was the originator of Adult Swim, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think I also think like the original Cartoon Network shows like Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, um, Powerpuff Girls. I think they all originally appeared on like this Cartoon Planet sort of setup first. Really, and then they I were like, then you know they gained popularity there and were spun off into full fledged shows. Mm-hmm. So Cartoon Planet, yeah, really kind of got the ball rolling for a lot of Cartoon Network's original programming. But what Cartoon Planet became very quickly after that was kind of a sister show to space goes coast to coast where Moltar is not involved, but instead they brought, they brought in uh, Brack who is a much more sort of kid friendly character, very, uh, mm-hmm. very um, simple minded, very childlike. And the show became 30 minutes of space ghost and Zorak and Brack doing skits and songs and just silly banter for half an hour. Mm-hmm. So with again the, the same very cheap recycled animation, yes, that Space Ghost Coast to Coast used, and so you've got uh, Space Ghost, who's voiced by George Lowe, is you're like much very much like he is on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. He's your sort of um, very peppy and upbeat, but very like straight laced kind of hero character, mm-hmm. and then you've got Zorak, who's was voiced by the the late great C Martin Croker. Who actually? Mm-hmm. He, he's the one who did all of the original like animation for all this stuff. Yes, he kind of brought it all together. And Zorak is, you know, he's very bitter and angry and <laughs> just kind of a grump because, of course, he is. <laughs> well, yeah. And then he's stuck in a prison pod. He's in a prison pod. What else are you gonna do? And then there's Brack, voiced by Andy Merrill, who um, I don't really know what to tell you about Brack except that he is a moron. <laughs> yeah, he's really dumb, and. They have a, a segment called Brack School Days, where he's constantly getting sent to the principal for a spanking, <laughs> and he rides his bike into class, just does dumb things like that. He can't stop laughing. Just really silly, silly little things. But also, I think the, the reason the show took off was because they did so, so, so many songs. Mm-hmm. And the songs are what we're here to talk about tonight, because... They managed to release two entire CD compilations of just songs from the show. Yeah, it's, it's alter. It alternates a lot of like songs and skits. Yes, but there's a lot of them. Uh, Space Ghost Musical Barbecue has 38 tracks, 25 of which are songs, and then the second CD 
uh, Space Ghost Surf and Turf has 36 tracks, 22 songs on that one. Mm-hmm. So, and we're here tonight to basically pare down our top 10, or not top 10, but just 10 of our favorites. Yeah, it's impossible to... Yeah, it's like, how do to, you pick, choose your favorite of like 65 children? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, tell me how you came across Cartoon Planet. I know I was at a friend's house having a sleepover at some point, and he just, it was like 11 o'clock, and he said, hey, do you want to watch this thing I found? And it's called uh, Space Ghost, and I, I was kind of not into it at the time. I was like, yeah, whatever, and he clicked it over, and yeah, it's whatever, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, I, I don't get it. But then I remember that's when Cartoon Planet came on, and that's what hooked me, because as probably a, a 10 or 11-year-old, you know, that's like right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's like primetime comedy for uh, little Joseph Wade. <laughs> and so it, it hooked me. And then every like couple of weeks, we would go visit my grandparents on a weekend, and I would try to stay up late just to see a catch a glimpse of the next Cartoon Planet because we didn't have a Cartoon Network on our uh, cable system. I think I talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It was like Cartoon Network and MTV were just like non-existent. So I had to catch it where I could find it, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where I just, I had to actually actively seek it out. And like at my grandparents' house, 11 o'clock at night, I'm staying up late, trying to stay awake, just so I can catch another glimpse of Cartoon Planet. Nice. Very cool. Libby, what about you? I I struggled a lot with insomnia as a teenager. Like, I just couldn't fall asleep, and it's it's actually a problem I still have today. Uh, and for unknown reasons, like, it's not like a diagnosed thing. I just, like, don't sleep, never have. And so uh, I was over at my dad's and just flipping channels late at night and came across it. And I don't know what compelled me to keep watching, but I got really into it. And this was, I should clarify, this was Space Ghost Coast to Coast. And I don't remember if I recognized the the guest that day or what, but I was really hooked. And see, I remember Cartoon Planet as coming on before, because after watching Space Ghost Coast to Coast, I remember, you know, flipping a couple weeks later or whatever to go to it and seeing Zorak and Brack, but no Moltar, like doing a, a bunch of weird skits. And I was thinking like, what the hell is this? I love it. <laughs> and so my sister and I, on a typical Friday night, because we were cool, would start at 10 with Talk Soup. Mm, yeah. And to this day, I still think John Henson is a babe. You know, his episode of Space Goes Coast of Coast, that was definitely the first one I ever saw. That's yeah. amazing. That's probably what I saw too, because I was like, oh, John Henson with his skunk stripe. I love it. Yeah. Um But now I uh, so we'd watch that and argue over who John Henson liked best. It was me. And this is my sister Hillary. And of course, I. of course. And then we'd watch Cartoon Planet and then Space Ghost. And it would be one and then the other, because they're 15 minute shows. Yeah, so it was like a, a whole block of time, basically. Yeah. I'm um, and sometimes there'd be no cartoon plan. It'd be two episodes of Space Ghost. Um, I'm sure sometimes they were reversed. Sometimes they weren't even on at all. So it really did create this this ephemeral sense of, of was it a dream? Was it 
Like, did I lose it forever? What even was it? This was, again, like the early days of the internet. So, you know, what? I'm going to find like a chat board, maybe? Yeah. And I don't think it was until college that I ever met anyone who had also seen it although i couldn't tell you who but i went and then showed all my friends because i would tape it and like take it over to friends houses so space ghost was a big part of my adolescence oh yeah me too like even into like high school when i think the, the original run of space ghost ended around like the early 2000s i think yeah and some of those episodes are very strange and very trippy and they're obviously run, like running out of ideas but that's what made them better Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that my, my friends and I in high school just quoted nonstop because they just yeah. they make so little sense. But that was funny. Yeah. My friend Heather and I quote the Bjork episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast a lot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, where I will probably honestly uh, quote it in the speech I give at her wedding. <laughs> so Heather, if you're listening to this, sorry, I spoiled it. Um, also, anytime the Moby comes up, Ever. You, of course, have to say the safety and well Nobody cares, Moby. Nobody cares. It's mandatory. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that all the time. You and I were guests on uh, The Secret of the Sailor Madness talking all about Space Ghost. Yes, we were. And I think I talked about how my favorite episode was the one where Space Ghost is trying to hold like a murder mystery dinner theater <laughs> and Buster Rhymes is there. But also, Space Ghost broke all the gas pipes, so there's a gas leak, so everything Space Ghost says makes no sense. <laughs> Look, bean prints on the wrench. But what is the wrench for? That's where you were trying to fix the uh, gas leak, and you made it leak. Is that where I got all these ideas? Because they're brilliant. But we're not here to talk about Space Ghost Coast to Coast. We're here to talk about Cartoon Planet. Yes. And our, the best thing about Cartoon Planet, hands down, are the songs. So tonight, uh, Libby and I have both chosen five. I believe six, actually, because we decided my list and your list have no Space Ghost on them. So we had to include Not Space Ghost somewhere. So our theme this week uh, is Everybody Wants to Be Space Ghost, which is on Musical Barbecue. So I will have one uh, on the outro for you as well. So those are our, our tributes to Space Ghost. Yes, yes. All right, well, let's get started. All right. Uh, well, Libby, I think you're going to kick us off here. And, of course, and yes. I can't think of a better song to start a show with than this one. So take it away. So this one is Don't Send In The Clowns. It is also on Musical Barbecue. Let's take a listen. I said, all right, I'll go. But let me just make one thing clear. Don't send in the clowns. Don't send in the clowns. Don't send in the clowns. They all. Okay. I'm not afraid of clowns, but I do find them upsetting. Yeah. And I don't like them. So, like, I feel this. They do bring me down. <laughs> Just like Zorak. Now, of course, this is a, a, a parody kind of of the song send in the clowns sort of not musically but yeah it's a kind of riff on it and that's something that it will come up time and again and in a lot of these songs is they're not direct parodies of anything but they will reference a lot of stuff for me i feel like this is zorak's origin story because he's a little mantis Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to go to the circus because who does and his mom kicks him 
and says, you're going to the circus whether you like it or not. <laughs> and It's absolute it, torture. Yes, he hates it. Uh, he gets cotton candy, which he throws away. You know, and I love Zorak's, like, dry, angry little voice. Because he's just so annoyed at having to be at this circus. And then, of course, they send in the clowns. It's actually the chorus really annoys me because I hate that high voice. Oh, yeah. That one really high-pitched, like, uh, accompaniment. Yeah. Yeah, It's not great. Yeah. The cartoon voice. The cartoon voice, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just, I kind of love the way he sings this. And I used to... uh, I used to sing this one with my friend Caitlin, who did a surprisingly good Zorak voice. Mm, okay. So, shout out to Caitlin on that one. I do kind of love, and this is something we're going to find out and hear a lot of here in a minute, is that Space Ghost and Brack obviously love singing, and Zorak very much does not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes the Zorak songs really pop. Yeah, and... Space Ghost really only loves singing about himself mm-hmm. and food. So he gets when he gets into it, like his are much more like kind of jazzy numbers, but uh it's not the way that speaks most of his soul. Right. I guess. Yeah. He he's a very like I mean, he's a ghost. He's very soulless in his yeah. sort of approach. Oh <laughs> geez, getting deep about Space Ghost here. I know. So and I think he also feels like he's the the leader of the show so they can be the entertainment right so he doesn't have to he knows we're not really here for him <laughs> and, that, and that's fine but everybody wants to be space ghost well of course everybody wants to to lead the musical barbecue yes of course <laughs> <laughs> zorak just speaks to me i've just always always had a soft spot for zorak he's He's the the unsung hero of both of those shows. Yes. I had a Zorak t-shirt, and I do not know oh. whatever happened to it. I wish I still had it. All right. So what's up next okay. for you? Well, since you're doing all Zorak songs, I thought it only appropriate that I do all Brack songs tonight. <laughs> and I realized in listening to a lot of the Brack songs that there's actually a story being told through a lot of these. And they're kind of jumbled up and sort of disorganized. So I arranged them all into my five into a coherent story. And our story begins with uh, the song Scat Sandwich. Which, which I know what they're saying. But it but... means something else. Yes. <laughs> so let's take a listen to Scat Sandwich. <laughs> Absolute unfiltered gibberish, and I love it. Have you ever had to do scat singing? No, and I hope I never do. It's this is what happens when you take like jazz vocal lessons is you end up scat singing and some people can make it sound really good. Um, but I'm not one of them. I'm sad to say. It sounds so this- like something that you have to be really creative to like, you have to be really on your toes when you do this. Yeah. Um, I am not. <laughs> and that's, so. that's fine. But yeah, whatever. what I, what I love I- about scat sandwich is 
this is Space Ghost and Brack just going crazy and, and scatting to their heart's delight. But then Zorak in the background just absolutely cannot hang, and it's the funniest thing in the world to me. Oh, no. I do like, at one point, Space Ghost just says, sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> Which is like, they Space Ghost is sort of constantly hungry, and as I said, constantly singing about food. Yeah. So that is just such a delightful little little nugget in there but i started wanted to start with this one because this is part one of a story that i've decided that brack's songs are a part of and the story is called uh brack's love lost oh and part one finds our hero brack in his element being a complete goofus with his friends and having a grand old time and as the title of the song suggests brack is a messy young man (laughs) And eventually, we will find out he ruins his shirt, and as we find out later, his feet. And that will go into our the next song on this journey. But until then, uh, Libby, it, it's your turn. So take it, take it away. Yes, I also ended up arranging mine into a story uh, about the rise and fall of Zorak. Oh, so my nice. next, my next is a uh, a little bit more of a. A spoken word piece. This is Sitnam. Sitnam. Mantis. Whoa, Mantis. Traveling through another dimension. Don't stare into the sun, even if your eyes are cold. Order a chicken and egg sandwich comes first. Read my tattoo. You'll never take me alive. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> this is one of those pieces, honestly, that there was a time when I could recite. <laughs> and when my friend Matthew and I would drive up to grad school in Maine, I had put this on a mix, but I do not remember why. And it made him laugh so hard, he had to pull off the side of the road and just, like, laugh it out. <laughs> So I don't remember why, but this is another song that prominently features the word sandwich. Yeah. So a chicken sand- and egg sandwich sand- comes came. first. Yeah, that's honestly like it's the best poem I've ever re- heard. Yeah, yeah. Very teenage Zorak beatnik phase. We mm. all go through it, of course. Um, and it's like the world belongs to him, and he can do whatever he wants in it. And that's why I feel like he said he has to repeat like Mantis spelled backwards is Sitnam, Sitnam, Sitnam. Read my tattoo. You'll never take me alive. Like he's proud of his Mantisness. A little awkward about going into the world, but he's proud of who he is. I think that's important. Uh, I want to make something clear though. Is his tattoo Sitnam or is his tattoo You'll Never Take Me Alive? I think his tattoo is "You'll never take me alive." Okay, so so Sitnam is just mantis spelled backwards. Okay, because I I, I kind of read it as him saying, "Look at my tattoo." It says Sitnam, and then him declaring, "You'll never take me alive," because <laughs> no, that- Sitnam is just exact is exactly who he is. He's a mm-hmm. backwards mantis. I don't know. <laughs> See, if I was cool and had tattoos, I would have one of Zorak. 
And it'd have like a scroll over top that would say Sitnam, and then underneath it'll just say "You'll never take me alive." That is a, it'd be him in his prison pod. That is a perfect tattoo. I that's if yeah, if I was a tattoo person, if I didn't have a weird thing about needles, I would totally do that too. So I love it. I just feel like yeah, nearing forty, I really can't get a Zorak tattoo. <laughs> so, but I want to go back in time to when I'm twenty and cool, and be like, "Hey, you should get a tattoo that says." sit nam you'll never take me alive that was one thing like back in when uh i was in college like i wanted to get a tattoo but i could never settle on something and part of it was oh yeah part of it was the fact that like i knew i was going to be older and i was terrified that i was going to pick a tattoo of something that i would not care about 10 years from now yeah and that's i mean that's the same thing with me and i don't necessarily want to be one of those like people that's covered in pop culture tattoos yeah and it's good good for other people not for me um because i just feel like i shift so much and i don't want to look back and be like oh cool my homestar runner tattoo from college that definitely speaks to who i am now mm-hmm. so so I, I feel like at this point if you're still uh repping you know the space ghost and, and cartoon planet it now might be the time to get a zorak tattoo i don't know it might be I don't know if I want my first tattoo to be Zorak, though, but who knows? Maybe I'll hit 40 and be like, it's it's time. It's about time. It's about so. time. <laughs> Do you have a Space Ghost tattoo? Send us a picture on OST Party. We'll oh, retweet it. I'd love to see those. Yes. Yes, please. I love ta- people's tattoos. I really do. My mom is covered in them. Like, I just think other people's tattoos are great. It's not for me yet. So. Yeah, my primary hang up is I'm very squeamish about needles. Otherwise, yeah. No. So, but by all means, show us your Space Ghost tattoos. I'm actually a tattoo on a lot of people. Really? This is true. Um, my husband Ian and I went as Barbara and Adam Maitland from Beetlejuice with their faces pulled. Oh. And he made the masks. So if you Google the Maitlands, a lot of times that will come up. And people who, you know, just Google an image and go get it tattooed without checking if it's the real thing. I um, have used that image, and I know because of the way we're positioned and my dress. Because obviously I'm not wearing an exact dress like she wore, but I have this very specific flower pattern dress. And I've shown up on tattoos. I've had friends like tweet a meme of it without knowing that it's me. And it just like comes up in their timeline. I'm like, you know that's me and my husband, right? That's amazing. Yeah. I I've been somebody's that. wedding cake topper. So, oh man uh, yeah it's it's really every like and it starts around halloween mm-hmm. people will start sending me like you know you're on like a t-shirt from you know one of those like cheap t-shirt things that just like steals people's images oh yeah t fury or t public or t sanity or yeah, the ones even like less than that like red bubble kind of shit oh god yeah they'll, oh, they'll I, put anything on a t-shirt if they can sell yeah it to you. but it's me oh <laughs> Maybe we should wow. make some OST party t-shirts. I don't know. We should. What would it say? It would uh, It would say buy the ticket, take the ride, obviously. Well, obviously. And on the back, Same. they'll never take me alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where are we on Brack's lovelorn journey? All right. So part two of uh, Brack's love lost. So after enjoying his scat sandwich, as it were, Brack realizes the mess he's made and runs off to the laundromat in a song called Stain. Let's take a listen. What do you need for high, 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 high
because he was really wailing there. He, he's this is a really great like um it's not quite like a heavy metal song, but it basically is, and Breck is just wailing away at this the the repeated chorus. I got something on my shirt. <laughs> do you sing this to yourself when you do laundry? I sing it to myself at restaurants when I get something on my shirt. <laughs> In my head, it's just playing over and over again until I get home. It's your theme song. This happens to me more often than I would like because I'm a messy boy. And whatever. <laughs> That's fine. But Yeah, they do this heavy metal riff a lot. They, there's sort of three that they keep leaning on. They have like a hip hop one, this metal one, and then a a blues riff. Right, yeah. And even in, I think it's um, the song Metalhead, where it's just Brax screaming nonsense for two minutes. Yeah, it's Scott Sandwich, but make it Evanescence. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. That burns. <laughs> That'll take us into 2000. 2002, here we come. Wow. But yeah, so I mean, and that's the kind of thing that that uh, Andy Merrill as Breck is like he's he's perfect at is just screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's not, but it's always entertaining. Yes, uh, and now of course Breck got his own show. He did, yeah. Later on, and I, apparently they tried to revive Cartoon Planet in 2012. I didn't see it. I'm, I don't know if you did. Yeah, I missed that. Well, it's so. it's. I don't know. We can talk about that because like every time they try to revive a cartoon from the 90s, it always just kind of falls flat for for one mm-hmm. reason or another. Like I know that they tried to do that with the critic with like the webisodes. Yeah. And God, yeah, no. no thanks. And uh the Brack show, they yeah, the Brack show is what you're talking about. They did that for like two or three seasons. And it was like one of the first adult swim shows. But then after that, I think they try to take it online only and it just plain doesn't work because Yeah. The, the charm's not there anymore. Well, and by that point, there was a little bit more of a sense that they were aware of what they were doing. Yeah. And you can't force that magic. And also, Adult Swim had kind of moved on from that sense of humor mm-hmm. and into, like, weirder stuff. Like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force was real big at that point. Yep. And, I remember that. And all of the really, like, strange, off- not offensive, like, bad, but, like, the really transgressive stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Metalocalypse and Moral Oral and the uh, uh I'm trying to think C Lab twenty twenty. Well C Lab is is wonderful, but yeah, like all, all of the really harder stuff that came after the initial wave just kind of left Brack in the dust. And that's a sh- mm-hmm. that's kind of a shame. Yeah, there it had some charm, but it it just wasn't it, it wasn't in sync with what else they were doing. Now I love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And I think because I have a stoner's brain, like I don't (laughs) partake in cannabis and I never have, but I find all that stuff really funny, like sober. So, yeah. And it's like a a lot of the original stuff. And I think it's just the originals, what I was used to. And the longer it ran, I just didn't watch it and whatever. It's fine. But I love that, that surrealness. And, and obviously there wouldn't be any Aqua Teen Hunger Force or C-Lab 2020 without Space Ghost. Right. I mean, the Aqua Teens first showed up on Coast to Coast. Yes, they did. So, um, and then got their own spinoff. I think to myself, I have 30 or 40 years old and I do not need this at least once a week. I'm just going to go to my room and wait for my brain to die. 
<laughs> so it's funny that you go master shake and I go meat wad. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but like I think about it and it's just it's perfect. I am thirty or forty years old and I do not need those. That that is like the space between thirty and forty. That's exactly how it feels all the time, kids. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> And the other one I think of a lot is when he's teaching himself to play guitar and he's just singing like, you make me feel emotional. (laughs) Think about that all the time. That is the song that is constantly running in my head. It's a Morrissey song, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ouch. But anyway, so so staying is very like uh, transitional. It's it's a kind of a one note joke, you know, uh, Brack runs to the the laundromat to clean his shirt because the stain won't come off, and ultimately he fails, and his mom gives him a spanking. Yeah, they get a lot of uh, a lot of spankings. He is always getting a spanking. Actually, um, Zorak's going to talk about how he needs a spanking in my next track, but he's there's there's a lot of spankings going on, and again, I think it's supposed to be like kid friendly, but also a little adult edgy. Yeah, because you're not Cause entirely sure. Yeah, you're not entirely sure where that line is. Mm-hmm. So, because all kids fear getting a spanking, and all adults secretly want one. That's true. <laughs> I mean, why else would Brack be making a scat sandwich? Oh, come back! It's your turn. Mm. Come on. Come okay. On. Well, actually, th- that's a good segue into my next song because my next song is called "Nasty." <laughs> Perfect. Nasty appears on Surf and Turf. Let's take a listen. Nasty. <laughs> I'll put bubblegum in your hair. Hide a tack on your favorite chair. Sneak up and wedge you from behind. Switch to the principal. I don't mind. Am I nasty? <laughs> Just ask. That's a, like, real Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit-inspired mm-hmm. riff there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it is just shy of being direct. Um, now this, Zorak has gone rogue. He's no longer, uh, you know, the meek mantis that has to be forced to go to the circus, but probably because the circus has turned him. Mm. Um, this really is, like, you'll never take me alive. He's making fun of Space Ghost. He's teasing Brack till he cries. He's putting tacks in your chair. Like, he's a bad bug. He's a bad bug. And we could have even talked about bad bug, but nasty is just, it's a little nastier. Yeah. It's, (laughs) again, it's one of those sort of like hard rock, uh, not quite to metal sounding ones, but it's Zorak explaining who he is, like what he has been forced to become as a villain he recognizes the evil within him Mm -hmm. and he's okay with that yeah he's nasty he's nasty mr zorak if you're nasty (laughs) nice (laughs) i do love like when he's talking about what you know the stuff things he does to space ghosts in the background you got space ghosts just screaming (laughs) yeah (laughs) and space ghosts will do that he will just like make noises in the back of other people's songs (laughs) I mean, in, in a lot of the stuff, he's the one doing all the beatboxing and the scatting mm-hmm. is yep. Space Ghost, which, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one of the ones I was going to go with, speaking of him beatboxing, was Don't Touch Me, because I thought it was oh, yeah. uh, appropriate for these 
our life and times now. Oh, it's it's but... been like the national anthem for the last six months. <laughs> so, and, but we decided uh, yeah, we were doing the Brack and I'm doing some Yeah, we were going to do some of the deeper cuts because everybody knows Don't Touch Me. If you don't know Space Ghost, you probably have heard Don't Touch Me in the last six yeah, months. Yeah, if you went to college somewhere, high school or college in the early aughts, you, you've heard it. Don't Touch Me is also the one that my mom will to this day still sing. Like just randomly. Your mom is adorable. <laughs> she thought that was don't the funniest me. thing in the world. Hey, <laughs> don't touch me. Don't touch me. Weird how this, yeah, become relevant. It, yeah. And not so. only, not only did don't touch me become relevant. I kind of started to stump for what day is it? Because at a oh, certain God, point, yeah, I I lost track of time. Is it Monday? No. Is it Tuesday? No. I mean, a lot of these songs, as silly and sort of one note jokey as they are, like they they tap into something very relatable. Like they're yeah, they've never gotten old. Primal, even yes, this comedy is is still funny. Like it's not '90s at all, really. Yeah, and it again, the surrealness of it is such a hallmark of our generation because from here we would go on to things like Homestar Runner. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, like that would make sense to us at our weird surreal senses of humor. Another thing that just occurred to me, I think what else helps make this not like dated, like what doesn't date this as being nineties is that these characters are all like repurposed characters from the sixties already. Mm-hmm. And they're, and these guys are just taking them and doing goofy comedy with them. And who cares what day, you know, what year it is. Yeah. <laughs> it so, exists in space. Time doesn't exist. Exactly. And who better to do that than Space Ghost? Exactly. So, yeah, the only thing, honestly, that really marks, like, Space Ghost Coast to Coast as 90s is that it's incredible slate of 90s guests. So Kevin Smith, uh, Ben Stiller, Joel Hodgson. Uh, Judy Tenuta. Oh, Kevin God, Meany, Judy Tenuta. Um <laughs> Rob, Bob Odenkirk Rob Zombie. and yeah, and David Cross, Bjork, like every mm-hmm. all these like amazing mu- musical talents in their prime. Yes, in the nineties, showed up on Space Ghost. <laughs> I, I still love the one where uh, Weird Al shows up on Space Ghost, and he and and Space Ghost are like competing to see who can hit the higher note the longest. Do a B flat. There's also a bit where Space Ghost has an evil twin named Chad Ghost, and oh, I've never yeah. Met- yeah, I've never mentioned this to anyone, so I'm going to say it here. My uh, ex-stepdad, when he would grow a goatee, looked exactly like Chad Ghost. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it was very weird, and like he's got one now, and whenever my sister posts you know, pictures of her and her dad doing something, I'm like, Chad Ghost, good to see you. <laughs> Chad Ghostal. Just Chad Ghostal. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So you're up next. Wow. Okay. So we're going to finally go back to musical barbecue for a minute. And we're, the, the third uh, phase, the third part of Brack's uh, love journey takes us to the song Crazy Love Sick Fool. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Drop on my big toe, darling. I still love you so. I'm just a crazy lovesick fool. I know that I embarrassed you sometimes. All the times. Like when I threw your mom into the pool. Mom. 
This is a very sweet song, and I honestly kind of love it. Yeah, it actually, there's a complete song here. It's a real song, yes. And not just a goof. Yeah, I actually, like, went and, like, is this a a real song that Brack's just singing over? I mean, it sounds, a, it, it, honestly, if anything, it sounds a lot like uh, Weird Al's One More Minute. Yeah. But I think that's just because they're both kind of goofing on that sort of 50s doo-wop sort of sound. Yeah, but it nails it. It really does. And then you got you got Brax singing about how you know about his about the, his new love, the love of his life, and how they met at the laundromat where he <laughs> where he had to run in stain, and he fell in love and professes his love to his darling here at the laundromat, <laughs> and he sings about how how he knows he embarrasses her and she doesn't, she doesn't know what he's saying half the time, but that's okay because he still loves her. And that's, that's all we really want out of life is, yeah. is even, I don't care if she doesn't understand then half the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I just want her to love me. Yeah, that's, it is. That's sweet. It's sort of a, it's like Brack singing my funny Valentine or let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> exactly it goes in that like long tradition of love songs about guys who are totally mediocre mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because the, the lyrics to my funny valentine are flat out savage they're just like <laughs> you have a weak chin and you're fat Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but i love you you're also dumb as a brick but i, I yeah so that's basically brack in a nutshell yeah but i love the detail i love the detail here where he assures um his girl that uh the way i interpret it is he's telling her that one day when he breaks free of space ghosts you know imprisonment because he's Mm -hmm. he's being imprisoned by space ghosts to be on the show but he tells her that when he's out they'll get a little cottage with a swing set and a slide no mention no mention of children the swing set and the slide is for brack yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm kind of sorry we never got to uh see him with his swing set and his slide even on the brack show never ever nope it's it's, that dream never came true but it's this is one of those songs where like i remember as a kid listening to this cd and just immediately skipping it because like i don't care i don't have time for this it's not funny but now that i'm an adult and i understand these feelings and emotions i love this song it hits yeah this just perfectly this is the kind of like adult humor yeah. that I really love. Mm-hmm. It's not like adult and it's not like mature, but it's just, it's something that now that you've experienced these things, you understand where they're coming from and you understand yeah. these references and this, these feelings. Yeah. And the impulse to buy a house. And I mean, let's be real. If you could get a swing set and a slide for yourself, you absolutely would. Mm-hmm. Porch swings are just adult swings. Because you feel weird about having a swing set. Exactly. So, that's all a hammock is. It's just a swing set for lazy people. Honestly, if I had, if I was looking for a house and I saw a house with a tire swing up front, oh, I would buy it. I don't care. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a tire swing. Give me a break. I'm mad that I can't have a tree house. Like, even as an adult, I'm like, well, I mean, my house is great, but I'm never going to have a tree house. I never got to have a tree house, and I'm still mad me about neither. it. I know. Niles, Foyer, MacGyver had one down the street, so we played Star Wars in that. But it's just like, I've always wanted a treehouse. Never. When I was a kid, my dad promised me a treehouse, and he bought the four, like, posts to start the treehouse, and instead he used them to make a garden. Oh, no! He, to this day, he still has them, and they're still in his garden. 
we we moved since then. He brought them with him to make his new garden. Oh my god! Yes, you're calling out your dad on this I, podcast, Dad. If you're listening, why are you listening? But also, you're on blast. <laughs> we're airing out all the dirty laundry here. Festivus came early this year. We're we're airing all of the grievances. Yes, I love it. Honestly, this podcast is so much better than therapy. <laughs> it really is. We should just start calling this Festivus Creeps because that's all we do here. Pretty much. Oh, boy. <laughs> the airing of grievances and occasional soundtracks. Yeah, every once so, in a while. So speaking of soundtracks, hey, Libby, take it away. Well, actually, I was going to say speaking of grievances, oh, okay. um, my track is uh, It's Not Easy Being Evil, which is uh, actually, no, this one's on Surf and Turf. As we said, it's a very Surf and Turf heavy episode. Uh, it's the better album. To- it is. It really is. Um, so let's go to a clip. No one gets to play with Zorak. Zorak is a menace. Susie's at the shopping mall, hanging with her schoolies. No one gets to hang with Zorak. He's just too unruly. It's not easy being evil, but evil's what I be. <laughs> See, now here Zorak is realizing that yeah, it's fun to be nasty, but it has its downsides because no one wants to play with Zorak. Zorak is a menace. Right. So evil isn't what it's cracked up to be. So in the early days of Space Ghost, in the early days of the internet, I used my school email account to email uh, Zorak oh. from the Space Ghost Coast to Coast uh, website. It had like a little like click here to email Zorak. And I then in ninth grade asked Zorak if he would go to the prom with me, even though I wasn't scheduled to go to the prom for another three years. Oh, wow. And he said no, because he was an evil mantis. So of course he wasn't going to go to the prom with me. Damn. So then, I know, well, I mean, it would have been so cool to have an evil mantis as a date. Then I asked Moltar, and Moltar said he would go to the prom with me, and then afterwards we could watch Chips. Hell yeah. And... Yeah, he invited me to his planet, um, and I forget what the directions were, but it was, you know, like, oh, like 300 light years and turn a left past Jupiter or something funny like that. So whoever was behind that email account, thank you. That was very funny. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we, like, shot emails back and forth. So, yeah, I have no idea who it was. It was Moltar. That's awesome. I wish I still had those. <laughs> wow. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, Zorak, it's not easy being evil. You know, you could have accepted my prom invitation. I mean, he must have had better things to do that night. I, he was probably stuck in his prison pod and he didn't want to admit it. That makes more sense. That, that's really embarrassing. That makes more sense. Or he, maybe he was rocking around the universe with Boston. <laughs> As he did in one episode of Space Ghost, which honestly, I'm not even sure if that's real or if I dreamed it. And like, I haven't gone to look it up because again, like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast and Cartoon Planet didn't run in any sort of order. There was no storyline. No. And so you could get one you've seen a thousand times. There are episodes of Space Ghost I've never seen. Oh, there's tons of them that I've never seen. Yeah. And honestly, we could be, we could be making up these episodes to each other and we would never know. Yeah, exactly. So... And that's kind of the fun part of it, because it really was just sort of luck of the draw. Yeah, and especially with Coast to Coast, it ran for 10 years, so it's not like there's only 10 episodes. There's a there's like at least 100. Yeah. When I first started dating Ian, I discovered that he had Space Ghost 
Coast to Coast season one on mm, DVD. Nice. And honestly, it's the reason I married him. That's a good reason. It's a pretty good yeah. reason. I know. Right off the top, I'm like, that's the man I'm going to marry. He has a Space Ghost DVD. I only ever had season three because those were the those were the episodes that I had like first originally seen on TV. So those were the only episodes I cared about. I uh, I downloaded some off Kazaa in my dorm room. Mm. Here I am admitting to crimes on this podcast. Um, but for me, it really was more about the randomness. So like watching them on DVD never occurred to me because it was about stumbling across it. Now Pluto. I feel like this is a really good opportunity for you because Pluto is all about randomness. Yes, yes. What you tune into on Pluto is what you get. Yeah, it's the closest thing to like watching regular TV without just buying a cable package. Yeah, um, which is the fun part because last night, again, I couldn't sleep. So I was watching the uh, Rift Tracks channel. They had the uh, 2015 San Francisco Sketch Fest. Ooh. Oh my god, it was a fucking riot. I was like trying not to wake up again, but just like <laughs> laughing until I cried. And that Pluto would be the perfect vehicle for a space ghost. Oh so. yeah. And it I really would be. I know part of the reason that they never released Cartoon Planet on DVD was because there was lots of like rights issues uh yeah. tangled up in it because they, they used lots of like found footage, random like clips from old TV shows and old movies and stuff. And apparently mm-hmm. they never cleared any of it. Yeah, because it was just in their vault. Yeah, so and so it must have just... all just subsequently like left the vault, and now I guess I guess uh, uh, Cartoon Network doesn't have the rights to the banana splits anymore. I don't know. Yeah, and you can find it on YouTube. Yes, and for a long time you really couldn't because they were being much harder about pulling that stuff down. And I did find somebody had a channel where they had about 22 episodes. Nice. So I just have just been watching them over and over. But now YouTube is is so littered with like reaction videos and albums that no one's ever going to listen to that, you know, one Space Ghost episode kind of goes unnoticed. Yeah. So we'll put a link to um, Cartoon Planet in the show notes. Yes, please. So you can join you. us. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll pick out our some of our favorites and we'll post post some of those. How about that? Yes. So, all right, we're uh, okay. we're nearing the end we're here. So, Joe. Rolling. Yeah. Well, so the next part of Breck's uh, love journey is a, is a sad one because Breck has, having finally returned to his love, Breck discovers that his woman is preparing to leave him for reasons unknown. Probably because he's Breck. Probably because he's Breck. Let's be honest. But that brings us to the song Front Door Backside. So let's take mm-hmm. a listen. All you ever do is bring me down, down, down. Turn my happy smile into a frown, frown, frown. You keep on telling me that you'll be leaving soon. Well, don't let the front door hit on the backside when you do. Don't let the front door hit on the this is, this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, like as a kid, I didn't have any frame of reference for these emotions or feelings. <laughs> and <laughs> this is a country song about, you know, bre- about breakups, obviously. Yeah. So. And it's a great it's a great one. It's you know, the metaphor. Don't let the front door hit you on the backside on your way out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And again, it's it's like one of Weird Al's breakup songs, like uh, One More Minute or yeah. You Don't Love Me Anymore, where uh, she absolutely just hates his guts and he's boohooing about her being gone. <laughs> but what's great for me about this one is it's immediately followed up by a track called Brax Can't Stop Laughing. Yeah. And he's laughing about this breakup. And he's still trying to sing this song, but he can't stop laughing. Right. So he gets, I mean, honestly, he gets over it pretty quickly. So don't feel too bad for Brack. And remember, there's still one more uh, step on this journey. So we'll (laughs) we'll circle back around to it. But I I, I just, I love one of the the one line in this song that really always gets me is when he he says, uh, I'll find myself somebody new who likes me because I'm me. And considering he's Brack, that's a tall order. But still, mm-hmm. that's just like, that's all you really want. That's all yeah. anybody asks for. And and that's who we should seek out. Exactly. So why be someone else? Yeah. You want someone who loves you for you. Honest- like Collective Soul once said. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, no, wait. That wasn't Collective Soul. I don't even remember who that was. Oh. Because it's a stupid song. Blessed Union of Souls. Yes. An even worse band name. <laughs> I fucking hate that song. It's a bad song. So it's just like, I, I, does Leonardo know who you are? That's that. That's a really again like piece of '90s garbage. There was so much good about the '90s. And there was also just so much garbage. Hey, remember that guy from Fargo? I think his name was Steve. Steve? Nah. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have Google. All right, it hadn't been invented. He couldn't just look it up. Well, if he would consult his collection of DVDs, I'm sure he'd find out real quick. What a bummer. And actually, I wanted to uh, pick up some of the the jazzier numbers, because uh, uh, something that rhymes with bones. Yeah, that's a good one. Something like that, like a little, you know, you kind of touched on it with Scat Sandwich, but, you know, there's no reason that Royal Crown Review couldn't cover, you know... <laughs> something that rhymes with bones honestly i'm surprised real big fish hasn't done it macaulay you know macaulay culkin started in home alone he did <laughs> he likes me for me <laughs> that's the original she likes me for me it is if you're going deaf the doctor makes you listen to tones <laughs> she likes me for me <laughs> well libby found a way to undercut the saddest song on this list so <laughs> Now Libby can't stop laughing. Now Libby can't stop laughing at herself. <laughs> at her own creativity. I'm, I'm deeply Brack. Like, I want to be Zorak, but I probably more like Brack. And I, I think that's why I like all the Brack songs so much, is because, like, I get this. It's not even a sense of humor. It's just this willful, like, idiocy. Mm-hmm. He he understands how dumb he is, and he's just going to roll with it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brack can be tedious. As an adult, I understand that. But as a kid, I just got it. It it worked on me. Yeah, and even I was watching it the other night, and he's singing about his beautiful bologna sandwich, and he realizes he's sitting on it. Yes. And it's just like, what a stupid punchline. Why am I laughing at this? Oh, the, be- it's, the punchline is great because it's, it's, oh, man, I'm sorry, sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And I guess one more thing about Brack is uh, that I've, I've always appreciated is between Coast to Coast and Cartoon Planet, I think I appreciate Brack more on Coast to Coast because they use him so sparingly. Mm-hmm. He's only in a few episodes of that show, but every time he appears, he always kills it. 
Yeah, I was actually surprised, I think, the first time I saw him, because I'd seen him on Cartoon Planet, and I was like, hey, Brack is actually here. So, and you do see a picture uh, of Moltar occasionally behind Zorak. It Mm -hmm. switches out, but... Every couple scenes, there's a sketch of Moltar behind him. Yeah. the so. Behind uh, Zorak. Yeah. The one that always, like, vexes me to this day is, like, you'll see Zorak, and behind him is, like, a weird picture of, like, an angry hammer wearing a suit. Yes! What is that? I don't know. It looks like something out of, like, Fantasia. It does. It has a very, like, sort of like 1940s kind of feel to it, but it's just a baffling image. And like, I have nightmares about things like that. And there it is on TV. (laughs) I feel like we should put that to Reddit or something like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Have have you, do you know who drew this and and why? Yeah. And honestly, Reddit will find it. I don't know if you've seen um, the shorts about like searching for cracks it no. was this, it was the, look it up. It was this lost uh, Sesame Street cartoon that aired in the 70s about like this girl that goes, that is like looking at a crack on her wall and like goes into like the land where like the cracks form camels and they form just all these different creatures and she faces off like a mean plaster monster. And it's very scary. Oh, wow. And it only aired a couple times. And it was one of those things where, like, somebody remembered it. I was like, did I dream this? And they put it to Reddit. And other people were like, no, I remember this. And they tracked it down. Oh, I, I found a, a link to it. It's on the Lost Media Wiki. Yeah, So it's, like, considered Lost Media. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And I love that kind of stuff. And, again, like, that that sense of, of wondering, like, did I dream this mm-hmm. is my favorite part of like cartoon planet and and space ghost yeah and a, sort of ha- hazy half remembered especially because like it, it it aired in the middle of the night you know 25 years ago so yeah it, and at a time when tv really didn't yeah like 24-hour tv was a somewhat new thing and even so my guess is cartoon network ended at midnight probably because i, I mean i i recall watching a lot of tv in the middle of the night as a kid just because like i would go to sleep the tv would still be on and i'd wake up at three in the morning and it would just be infomercials for like knives and jewelry and just weird shit you know yeah because i would not actual programming yeah because if i got up a little too early for uh saturday anime on sci-fi then you know the 15 minutes before it started would be infomercials right so, and of course, since then, Adult Swim has has taken that time slot and used it to just air as much weird shit as they can possibly produce. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's where we got the uh, absolutely immortal uh, Too Many Cooks. It's from which I've actually never seen. Really? Yeah. The original list TV listing for Too Many Cooks was it aired at four a.m. I believe, and it was just called infomercials. So if you tuned in for infomercials at four a.m., you saw Too Many Cooks. And I can only imagine what that looks like if you've been awake for like 24 hours mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you find this thing on TV and it just never stops going. Yeah. You, I mean, just 
I guess the memes have kind of come and gone. So I think now you could probably watch too many cooks and be like, okay, I get it. Maybe. I don't know. I remember Ian watching it. It's a a good joke, and then it keeps going. Huh. Okay. So I am. So, yeah. I'll I'll consider it. Consider that. Yeah. There's just something about, about discovering something and not knowing what it is. And then finding somebody who also knows what it is. And now you can just hop on Twitter and be like, I'm watching this weird shit. And somebody will immediately know. But it, the the art of discovering some weird shit at 1130 at night is a lost one. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Well, and, and speaking of weird shit and regarding this album, you know, these albums were not immediately like available. They were hard to kind of hard to come by. Yeah, I have no idea where I would have acquired mine. They're from Rhino Records. Yeah, Um, I find it interesting that uh, Musical Barbecue is listed as from being from Kid Rhino, like the the children's uh, offshoot of the label. But then Hmm. Surf and Turf is just from Rhino proper. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if like the kids label like died in the year between albums or if they just uh, decided to put this out under their official banner. I have no idea. Yeah, I never I never thought of that. Never looked at it. So, but yeah, so like, yeah, these albums, they were out there and like, I knew a friend who had one and that's how I learned about it. So I had to go find my own. And then for years and years after I'd never saw, I never knew there was a second album until I found it at like a used thrift store or used, used bookstore, like, you know, for 10 bucks or something. So, yeah, no, I have no idea how I came into my copies because they wouldn't have been at you know, someplace like FYE. No, I don't no, think no. so. But like, where else would I have gotten them? Did I send away for them? I don't know. So, well, all right. Hey, that uh, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the, our our final two here. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of wrap things up with "Smells Like Cartoon Planet," which is another one of the kind of metal ones. So let's go to it. I smell turkey. Pizza too. The dog needs washing. And so do you. It smells like... Where does it smell as space goes? It smells like... What can be? It smells like... Now, uh, Cartoon Planet sounds like it smells disgusting. Yeah. It smells like boxer shorts and asparagus and cabbage and all sorts of other unsavory things. <laughs> but I feel like in this one... Zorak has accepted his fate as band leader. Um and because he he actually like speaks to the others in the song. Mm-hmm. So uh he's clearly interacting with his co-hosts and realizes that he is evil, but he can still have a family he, that he's created. He's a he's a, a an integral part of the team. Yes, exactly. Um, and I was showing this to my husband and our friend Chris, and Ian and Chris had never seen or heard of Cartoon Planet. So I pulled Whoa. it up on YouTube and I showed them this. And when they got to the line where Zorak, where Space Ghost sings Zorak upside down and points to him upside down in his prison pod, both of them laughed so hard I had to pause it. And I don't know why that made them laugh. 
Because it's just such a, perhaps a spontaneous outburst. It's a a complete non sequitur. It's just like, Zorak, upside down. Like, and the animation is so bad, like, it's just like flipped. Yeah, it's just like a very, it's it's just like a a still image of just him upside down. There it is. Go. Like. Yeah, I, I I love the beat and the how how hard Space Ghost is trying to rock out, and it just sounds it sounds phony, obviously, but it's just you can tell he's really trying. God bless. Yeah, Space he's Ghost. straining his voice. It smells like, and then the background singers come in. What does it smell like? I love this. <laughs> and again, like it's they're referencing smells like Teen Spirit, but they're not actually like parodying it. In yeah. Any way. And so there's, you know, it, it firmly cements it in both the 90s and in No Place. It is just floating through space. Right. It's it's taking that that title literally, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What does Cartoon so. Planet smell like? It smells Boxer shorts. Onions. Yeah. <laughs> space ghost. Oh, God. I love that guy. God bless you. So, all right. So, all where right. does this leave us? All right. <clears throat> well, finally, so we're, we're wrapping up uh, Brack's uh, tale of love and heartbreak. The only stained way. Stained shirts. <laughs> yes, and stained shirts. The only way that uh, a, a, a true breakup can end, and that's with Brack's Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> Which once again is off of the Surf and Turf album. So let's let's take a listen. I stepped off the aeroplane and lady came and kissed my cheek. She put flowers round my neck and said, I'm Lilani Smith. Then she took me to my limo, that's a great big Cadillac. And she told me, Welcome to Hawaii. And then she danced. Her grass skirt was twisting round. I said, How do you do that? She said, Stand and shake it all around. Uh, so yeah, this re- instantly reminded me of forgetting Sarah Marshall and how <laughs> after that breakup, he just decides to take himself on a Hawaiian vacation. Oh my for god, one. forgetting Sarah Marshall! <laughs> this is inspired by <laughs> Cartoon Planet. That's the best thing I've ever heard. It's fact now. We said it on the internet. Obviously, obviously, right? Like Brack takes That's... a Hawaiian vacation to get away from his ex to cheer himself up. <laughs> he gets off the plane, receives a lay from a flower girl. She teaches him how to hula dance, and then he goes home. That's but the whole he story. Doesn't have a skirt; he just has his, his pants, so it doesn't really look That's that right. good. And he, <laughs> that he goes home line cracks with a, me up with a, with a tiki souvenir. I love. It. And actually, uh, my husband and I uh, had dinner out on our uh, patio this evening, mm-hmm. and he had his tiki glass, and all I could think of was that. But I was like, "Did you get this on your Hawaiian vacation with Brack?" <laughs> oh man why not so yeah i mean i always got the impression that he was in hawaii for all of about a minute and a half yeah basically he gets off the plane does a dance and goes home (laughs) so but still takes time to get a souvenir and some photos of course i mean he must have just gone to the airport right yeah but this is one of those like i have no idea what all the lyrics are to this yeah there's like half of it that i cannot understand yeah is this is andy merrill's like singing is just i don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if it's just like a speech thing but he kind of slurs half of Brack's words yeah and the uh the lyric booklet only has lyrics for mashed potatoes and bologna sandwich yeah because apparently um a couple of let's see here 
No, I'm thinking of the first album. The first album has has lyrics for three songs that are used apparently for karaoke. If you want a karaoke, I love you, baby, and also Zingor. Uh, I do more okay. than anything. Okay, then this is the album for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so <laughs> I don't really know what Brack's saying half the time anyway. So, so you, you just make it up. You cannot have to just like use context clues and figure it out for yourself. Yeah, we used to sing this one uh, around the campfire in Girl Scouts. Really? Yeah, I just like taught my friends in Girl Scouts. Oh, that's song. adorable. I know. I don't remember like what we made up, like <laughs> in the lyrics we couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Then we do a little dance, but we didn't have a skirt. We just had our pants, so it didn't really look that good. <laughs> I wish they had an animation of Brack trying to hula. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love the little bit where he, like, he she's doing the hula and he asks her, how do you do that? And she just is shaking around and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Which is culturally insensitive, but. A little bit. And I, I also want to mention there's a song later on the same album called Muka Luka. Which is the exact same music, but Brack is just singing nonsense Hawaiian words. And oh, it's boy. a little unfortunate because. A little cringe. A little cringe. And I get that it's all in good fun, but also it's just, it's 20 years later and you can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I also noticed there was a cover of Menomina. For like which, a, yeah, for a hot second. Yeah. Um, that's also on Musical Barbecue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, we could have talked about, honestly, uh, both of these albums each in a single episode. This, but... this podcast would have been 10 hours long. Yeah, it would have been worth it. Oh, absolutely. We we might come back around to this at some point because it's yes, just indeed. it's just so good. We barely even touched on any of the food songs. There's a ton of. Oh. There's more food songs than a Weird Al album. Yeah, that's actually a very accurate way of saying it. But um, but yeah, I mean that kind of wraps it up here. Unless you yeah. got more on Space Ghost. No, I mean we've got we, we one last little uh, ditty we'll play for you over the end credits. Yes. End credits. But- what is this? A movie. <laughs> but so, yeah so what are we doing next time uh well next time we have to go back to the past once again uh for a bogus journey because we're yes. we're joining bill and ted on their bogus journey to uh celebrate the release of bill and ted face the music so whoa yeah it's well gonna be non-heinous well what number am i thinking of 69 dudes how many people are gonna <laughs> download this next episode 69 dudes (laughs) so come back for that we're gonna have a great time talking about bill and ted again i can't wait i'm excited i know i i really i have not looked forward to a single movie this year but i'm very much looking forward to face the music Mm, yes that hey that reminds me um on our on my drive home tonight i heard the the song from the next james bond movie the billy eilish song and all of a sudden I i remembered Oh, right. From that James Bond movie that never came out. Great. I love it. (laughs) This is the world we live in. Yeah. That was supposed to come out in April. It's August now, people. It's the the blurch of (laughs) March-tober. Pretty much, yeah. Lousy smarch weather. You beat me to it. Yep. You beat me to it. (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) we've rambled a lot on this episode, but it's all been in good fun. But hey, if you want to talk to us uh, on the internets, hey, Libby, where can our listeners find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday. Or you can find me over on the Shattered Shield podcast. Joe, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat. Or they can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps, where we talk about Christmas movies all year round. And if you want to talk to us about movie soundtracks or anything like that, uh, you can email us questions or comments or, hey, recommendations. We will actually take recommendations at ostpartypod at gmail.com or e- or tweet at us at ostparty on Twitter. Um, so uh, f- any parting thoughts before we wrap this episode? Just uh, want to remind everybody that Mantis spelled backwards is Sitnam. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> so for the OST party, I've been Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Work day's over and I got me a date with a big fat piece of pie. I sit around thinking, what a good boy am I? But hey, I'm just an ordinary guy. Just an average superhero kind of guy. I'm just an extraordinary.